Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. It all comes down to this, folks. Sunday night, Academy Awards. Who's going to win? We don't know. In more categories than usual, and that's a good thing. But we're going to try to figure it out tonight. Uh, literally, in the wee hours of the night where Academy voting ended. It's the big final predictions, or in my case, final-ish predictions episode of the Awards Radar Podcast with Miles. Hi, yes, I'm here. And a returning Steve. I'm back again and again and again. Ooh, multiple, multiple Steves. Wait, variants? <laughs> Find out in uh, the post credits scene. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, there'll be more of that. Mar- Marvel ain't going anywhere. But we're focused largely on the Oscars today. The only thing besides Oscars we're going to talk about, we took a week off from it last week. One, because uh, Steve wasn't on, and it's sort of a, a bigger part. And two, um, I wasn't sure if Kelly watched. Um, thanks again to Kelly for stepping in last week. Um, we didn't talk to Last of Us last week. Um, oh, yeah. She's been uh, she's been keeping up with me. I, I thought so, but I didn't know ahead of time, and I didn't want to spring it on her and have her be like, I have not watched. No, so. she watched me play the game, so she's she's caught up with both versions. Oh, that would have been interesting. Um, Steve finished the game, as we mentioned. Did you watch the finale, or are you going to watch it on Sunday? I'm going to watch it. I'll probably watch it tomorrow, actually. Okay. You'll, you'll be a little ahead of us. That's fine. Um, should we just get that out of the way? You guys want to want to save it before we after some right. questions? Well, I think you're. Way. I think you're. It. We're in it now. Yeah, we're in it. All right, all right. I, uh, I, I, I'm first of all very excited for the finale. Though it, it seems like there's a lot left. Miles, that do you feel? Yeah, that way I would agree with that. It's like I thought the whole plot that the most recent episode took up would have happened like an episode or two ago. I thought, but I mean, maybe that just goes to show what they're going to be focusing on because where they put their focus isn't always as beat for beat as the story is. We hit the beats, but they're kind of scattered around somewhat Mm -hmm. relative to the game's layout. I do think we're going to wind up with somewhat of an abrupt ending, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't think, we're going to get half the episode focused on the thing you and I are thinking of. I think it's well, going to be sort of like sudden. Yes and no. I, I'm thinking last 20 minutes, give or take, and then like five minutes or five to ten of resolution. That could be. They get they get, uh, they get get Joel kind of like on the move again, and they're pretty quickly picked up by the folks. Maybe. you need More than anything, you need that final moment of not quite closure, but sort of... That that mo- I mean, without giving anything away, that that last moment between Joel and Ellie—it's the last thing that happens in the game. They've they've been smart enough throughout the course of the show to make their relationship really the anchor of everything, which is how like we can go like three episodes without really spending as much time with them together and still feel the weight of that as soon as they're reunited at the end of this one. True. How also did you feel about the uh, the cannibal element? I know you were very curious how that was going to factor in. Not thrilled, to be honest. I think, listen, I think it's still great 
television across oh, the board. Episode, everything yeah. everything about it is great. I think the actor they got to play David is an interesting choice. He doesn't quite look the part, but he gets the creepiness down. Troy Baker, who does video game Joel, is in it as a new character who I don't I don't know what the point of that character was. I'll be honest. It, it fe- like mm-hmm. it felt like a glorified cameo. I thought it, there was going to be some sort of payoff, but he just kind of dies. Um. I think this was probably the weakest episode so far for me. And I don't and I don't think that's necessarily by a lot. Like I don't think it was bad by any stretch. I just think this one maybe may help me feel the rush that is happening because I felt like that whole storyline really played out over a much longer period of time yeah. in the game. Like, we got two episodes for the Melanie Linsky thing to sort of play out and build up, but this whole thing gets sort of rushed in a single episode while we're also dealing with, like, Joel's recovery and, like, all this other stuff. And it's just, like, (sighs) I I wanted a bit more threading. Also, in a way, maybe threading threading in the theme of of part two of season two. Yeah, which, I mean, listen, they've been laying the groundwork pretty successfully for that. I just think the whole thing with the David character is, in the game, you spend so much time with him before the heel turn, and you really, like, by the time that, you know, all the cards are on the table, the two of you have built up sort of a rapport, and so there is a genuine sort of tension there whereas in the show they just haven't spent enough time with each other for them to be any legitimate threat of her believing a word he says so it's just a lot of talk and it's a lot of him acting at her and then like the episode's over it seems like it could could be a a, it should be a 10 episode season but yeah that should have two episodes there yeah but maybe or or an extended episode there you know it seems like the problem is two episodes might might be too much for what happened, and maybe like an hour and fifteen instead of what was it like fifty seven or something like that. I believe. Yeah, the, the the some of these episodes have been shorter towards the end. Yeah, of the the back end. Um, small complaints, mind you, but oh, yeah, very I, much I, so. And I I do think pacing wise, we maybe got spoiled early. Mm-hmm. Um, and which happens a lot of the time with a show that's like eight to ten episodes is like. Pacing is weird for that kind of length and that kind of structure. And sometimes you do get like episodes where like it feels like a lot happened and others where it feels like not that much happened. And it sort of it creates this kind of disconnect and you don't quite know where to fall. I have a, I have a weird feeling that they had 10 episodes in a way, but the somewhere around here that whatever they had planned as a, as a not game bit of content just didn't didn't work and maybe ended up on the cutting room floor. Maybe. I also think maybe, I think looking back, we'll maybe think that it would have made more sense for this and the um, the episode with Riley to have been flipped. Yeah. Because I think the I Riley like- episode really emotionally lands, whereas this one feels like not even a plot episode, but just like, and here's yeah. what happened on this step of the journey. Yeah, but the problem—it's it, too late in the game to be introducing characters that have any consequence. If most of the time they only last the one episode, but the the ending is important. The last the line, ending is important. Well, yeah, the last the episode is kind of the make or break point, as it is with a lot of these things. Yeah. But also, I think back to back fits in well oh. with you know earlier on when when she tells Joel that she's killed someone before. And you realize in the uh, in the Riley episode, 
you see that it's uh, it's a um, cordyceps. And in, in this episode, you see that she could easily have been taught, you know, you realize that she's also killed a human. It's not obviously something she would have told him, but you're seeing the evolution. You're seeing her toughen up, which is important for what's to come. Yeah. One thing, wait, hold on. I was saying at the end of, of eight, when mm-hmm. he calls, when he hugs her and calls her baby girl. Yes. And you yeah. realize that, that that relationship has evolved into both of them, you know, filling that void, uh, you know, well, that, well, yeah. ever seen before. That's a thing. That's, I, I think it would, it's tough to put that before uh, the Riley episode. That, no, I that's, think that's fair. One that goes to what yeah. I was saying before, where they've done such a good job of cementing their relationship that when you get that moment where they're back together and he lets out that word, you know how much weight that word carries for him yeah. and for their relationship, and and for it to come so immediately after this sort of traumatic incident where he didn't rescue her in the traditional sort of story sense, she very much had to save herself, and like you know. That's something that would scar literally anyone. So you know, set, sets the stage very well for what's to come. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see how how they wrap things up next week. I yep. think if it follows the trend of what's happened, I think it's going to pay off really beautifully. Oh yeah, and I can't wait to see what people who have no idea what's going to happen. React. Yeah, how they react. <laughs> I what would you wrong answers only scenario quickly before we get into the Oscar stuff. If you were going in blind, and this is a hard question because none of us are, what do you think the last episode would have? I feel like we shouldn't even say because, like, by virtue of the fact that the listeners know that we know, we can only provide wrong answers, which means they know that they're wrong. Which crosses out their wrong answers, yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, if you were It's spoilers by elimination, you know? Yeah. I guess maybe next week we'll we'll talk about that. Um, Because I am curious, like... We because we just don't have that mindset, you know. We're 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 sort of watching to see how things play out, and constantly having our expectations exceeded. But still, we're watching it most of the time, knowing what's going to happen. They've gone in different directions here or there, but they've they've mostly given you the big events. I think the biggest change was um, is in reducing set pieces. You, you don't need an action set piece with... Uh, oh, yeah, it's been very action light for the most part. Yeah. Notably with uh, with Bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that you know was that? a whole a very action-heavy section of the game that uh, they basically just took out in its entirety and replaced with something that's very unique and works very well for TV, which and I think nobody is consistent it. with most of their changes. Yeah, yeah nobody exactly. misses it. Um, here, so we'll come back to that, obviously. Um, let's, um, take a question. Let's ease into the awards talk. All right. Let's do a film, a Hawk face off. Ryan McDermott was listening last week and, uh, has Edward Norton films for us. Uh, Steve, we talked to Edward Norton because, uh, Kelly had thoughts and we kind of got into the evolution of Edward Norton into being less of a punchable human being sort of. Oh yeah. I forgot we had that whole extended tangent about Edward Norton. Well, we did warn her to stop us, and then she engaged us in one. Yeah, no, she 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 really indulged our worst impulses when it comes to tangents. Well, I mean, it makes sense. She married you, you know, so she must like them. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why she married me, for my tangents. <laughs> I mean, anything's possible. Um, let's start it off. Primal Fear or The People versus Larry Flint? 
Um, he obviously has a lot more to do in Primal Fear, and I think that movie probably has a bit more meat on its bones, whereas Larry Flint feels very light and slight. It's one of those movies that I've seen it, but like I could I would struggle to describe to you in detail any individual scenes from it. So I would go Primal Fear. Interesting. Steve? I'll go Primal Fear as well, because that's where I first was introduced, as many people were. And he made a huge impact and has been, you know, how many years now has it been? So, uh, yeah, definitely Primal Fear. Interesting, because I have far um, stronger memories of, of Larry Flint, believe it or not. Oh, so oh you have stronger feelings about the movie <laughs> that's about the smut magazine peddler? Gosh, that just you... that doesn't track for me. I, I can't understand that. Independent, no independent of that, though you do you do bring back that thing that my my ex used to say, like, boy, you seem to always like the movie about porn. Uh, I maintain coincidence that there happen to be good films, but no, I I love illegal. Oh, movies. hey, uh, Joey, Joey, real quick, what was your favorite yeah. movie of twenty twenty one? Remind me. It was uh, it was the new Sean Baker joint. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like porn star. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I, I consistently like Sean. Curious. Baker, so listen, <laughs> we got there. Uh, no, no. Listen, there are bad ones too. Like God, let me tell you. <laughs> um, you ever see there was a movie? Huh. No, because James Franco was in it. But about Cherry, that was a shitty one. Um, is he is he in King Cobra or is that someone else? I I have no crazy. idea. But there there there's bad also. Um, anyway. Um, I like legal uh, – I like, you know, like courtroom movies. And I oddly think Larry Flint is a better courtroom movie than Primal Fear just because the idea of like – it involved – there's a Supreme Court scene. Like I got more of the law stuff. Now the acting for Edward Norton is better in Primal Fear. But um, movie-wise, I enjoy Larry Flint more because I like a, 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 a well-done biopic like that. Like, it was well take, done. Yeah, yeah, take a, take a person fun. who you wouldn't – like that's those are the biopics I'm 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 good on. Like, give me someone who I wouldn't think you'd get a movie on. I, I, I the musical ones about a famous person. Like I, I I'm less interested in the Elvises, the the uh, Whitney Houston's. You know, I, there's only so much you can do with the form unless you're you're going wild. But take a person that you haven't really considered beyond like one way or another, and I'm into it because like that movie is pretty open about him being like a crummy human being, but like serving a good purpose in terms of first amendment rights. Like that's, that's where that's Edward Norton's big scene, right? You know, yeah. you don't have to like what, what Larry does. I don't like what Larry does, but I like that Larry has the ability to do it and it works. Um, the, you know, primal fear is a gimmick. I don't know that it holds up the second viewing in the same way. They're both good movies. I just have fonder memories of like, if I'm going to sit down and like watch something or we talk about this sometimes, if I have something playing in the background, like on TV, on TV, on mute while I'm doing the episode with you guys, I would probably have Larry Flynn over Primal Fear just in the background, just looking and kind of like, oh, that must be the scene they're doing. You know what I mean? Sure. That's fair. Yeah. It's not a huge, uh, not a, not a huge uh, chasm between the two. Um, American History X or Fight Club? Uh, Fight Club for me, for sure. I go back to it regularly and I think it absolutely holds up. There's idiots in the world who interpret it the worst ways possible, but I think, you know, if, if you're really paying attention to what Fincher's doing, I think it's very, you know, clearly satirical and very effectively so. And it's aged remarkably well, all things considered. Unfortunately. Um, 
uh, American History X is like, it's one of those important movies that you should see, but like, I will never watch it a second time. I'm going to go Fight Club as well, but I mm-hmm. think he, I think he's better in American History X. It's just that sure. movie. That's not fair. only is it, it, you know, it, it's a tough movie to watch. So, um, yeah, Fight Club. I, uh, I'm going to go Fight Club as well. American History X is a fascinating watch once the more you know about like the the tortured making of it. But uh well, I don't necessarily have the same hiccup that Miles is like I'll never watch it again. I I don't know when I would watch it again. You know, you, you I don't know that you get more out of another viewing besides knowing what you're in for. So There's I one scene better. that's just really just stomach yeah. which, one, which one are you thinking of the curb yeah the curb is the curb is oh. tough um the the mom's boyfriend teacher guy, remember when he when he, has, he sends him out and it's the first time he takes off his shirt and has the swastika on it that's a not as like stomach turning but that's sort of like a centerpiece scene that's that's mm-hmm. it, it definitely takes a certain actor to go that deep into that kind of character and I'm I'm sometimes fascinated by that because you have to say those words in a way that you believe, and it, it's largely you know anathema to your personal beliefs. So it's that's sort of like in a way the height of acting to me, like to be able to play that role or like not nearly as good a movie or effective a movie, but in Emancipation, Ben Foster is the is the slave hunter and like the ability to like find the character there, mm-hmm. I imagine is wildly difficult because Miles, you you act like. You have to believe what the character's saying, right? You have to believe their point of view, even if it's like a hideous point of view. But there's a there's a difference between like, oh, I'm a I'm a serial killer, or I'm I'm a I'm a vampire, whatever you're playing, or I'm just a person who hates other people for a very specific reason that that you find ridiculous, but they can't. Right. It's just a, a matter of sort of you got to separate yourself from it. You got to take a sure. step back and be like, it's not about me. It's about you know. You, you can't judge the character, otherwise you're never going to inhabit them completely. You got to view everything from their perspective and how do they justify their actions to themselves and sort of dig into that. And that's when I think you get some of the most nuanced portrayals of these kind of people. For sure. I think it's just the, from the outside in, the, you have to deliver the lines with an authority and with conviction, right? No matter what you're yeah. saying. No matter what ridiculous thing is the some of the like we love sci-fi like some of the, this gobbledygook that you have to say right you have to say it well, pretty much it everything sense. that uh, veteran actors are asked to say in the MCU these days totally like like the, the junk that Michael Douglas has to spew on a regular basis <laughs> oh yeah he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about he just says it and he he's like okay this is how i say it so it makes sense that's one thing like that's a that's acting right you're able to do it it's it's obviously also acting to be able to shout from the rooftops words you would never even think right it's just it's that other it's that thing of you have because you're presumably a good person you have that like barrier that you just when you probably start to say like no you don't say that that's awful like even when you hear it you cringe it's it's something that impresses me about the ability of an actor to do it which makes me always wonder how they decompress from it like how do you get out of that mind space because (laughs) that's not a good place to be Apparently, yeah. and, and I guess Edward Norton struggled with that because he wasn't the most pleasant human being to deal with for a while. So we here, we got there. Um, Frida or Twenty Fifth Hour? Um, 
I mean, in terms of him, he's in Frida for like, you know, a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, this is um, like saying the painted veil or 25th hour. Yeah. Um, he's in that one more, I think. He's in that one significantly more. He's the co-lead. Um, yeah, but that's a more forgettable movie. True. Uh, but 25th Hour is great. I still think it's yes. one of his best performances. Uh, it's among Spike Lee's best. It's just, it's an all-around classic. And to what I was just saying, the fuck you sequence. Oh, my God. Like, that's that's probably as hard as the, the American History X sequence, because he's straight up monologuing. Well, um, I mean, it's easier in a movie where you can do every line piece by piece and they can stitch it together. Sure. And, and... Spike Lee is there to encourage you on, as opposed to, was Tony K even there that day? Like, did Edward Norton direct that scene? Well, who's to say? Exactly. But I imagine Spike Lee yelling at you or encouraging you or however his, whatever director of style he's using in that scene. No, you have to hate these people more. Oddly might make it easier. They'd be like, no, no, we have to go. You have to be at 10. If you're at five, we... This character is not angry enough. Like he has to blame everyone except himself for his lot in life. You have to, you have to do it with the, with the conviction that it's everyone's fault but yours. That that scene that scene's my favorite in that movie, and that's a great movie. Steve, I'm going twenty fifth hour. <clears throat> it's a it's a sweep for everything that Miles said. Yeah, I mean nothing wrong with Frida, but it's not it's not on the. Same. Yeah, no, it's a good movie, but it's just especially if we're talking Edward Norton, it doesn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Incredible Hulk or Jason Bourne? Ah, uh, yes, the Incredible Hulk completing his um, his uh, he, split personality he trilogy. With that, he definitely didn't direct. Uh, yeah, um, he was not in Jason Bourne. He was in the Bourne Legacy. Well, Ryan, you're fired. No, we're kidding. So tisk tisk. You're right. We got um, somehow worse. However, it does speak to the larger point of how forgettable the Bourne legacy is. Um, and Jason Bourne. I haven't even seen Jason Bourne, so there you go. I saw um, it. It was it was yeah. whatever. I think um, Incredible Hulk is very much on the lower end of the MCU, but it's not as bad as its reputation. I think he's decent in it, and I think there's some decent action in it, and I don't hate it. Yeah, he's too good an actor not to be <laughs> interesting in that role. It's right. Just, they weren't there yet. They they had definitely found the right formula with, with Iron Man, right? But they, at least for my money, then had a short period of, what are we doing beyond Iron Man? Like, they made a really great one-off with the idea of, well, maybe we'll make more if this works. And then when they got into, like, well, we're making more, it became a little harder to pull off. Well, keep there. in mind, this and Iron Man came out the same summer, so it was kind yeah. of like the one-two and which approach works. is like, oh, obviously it's the Iron Man approach that people respond to, mm-hmm. so that informs them going forward. Yep. Steve? I'll go with uh, the Hulk. It was All right. Same. Why not? Um, let's do the final two together, just because I want to get a little further quicker. So one is a Wes Anderson combo. Moonrise Kingdom or the Grand Budapest Hotel. And the final one is Birdman or Glass Onion. The the sort of things we were talking about last week. No, oh, interesting. So uh, it kind of worked. Well, for the Wes Anderson one, I think Grand Budapest is just a better movie, period. But I also quite like his character in it. 
Um, he probably has a bit more to do in Moonrise Kingdom, but there's also kind of less. I don't know. I, I Moonrise Kingdom is great. Just rewatched it for 28 Days of Love. But uh, Grand Budapest is my favorite of Wes Anderson's. Uh, as for the other one, what Glass Onion and um, Birdman. And what? Birdman. Birdman. Um, Birdman's great. Birdman's also among his best performances. But I think I would go back to Glass Onion much more readily. Okay. Steve? Yeah, I'm going to go Moonrise Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go with uh, Glass Onion. Glass Onion Sweep. And I I don't love Moonrise Kingdom, and I'm fine on Budapest, so I'll have to go that way. So we actually, we, we two out of three there. Um, before we get fully into the other stuff, Miles is diving into uh, the Rocky franchise. So you're two films in. What's your, what's your take so far? Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just been a big, you know, classic blind spot for a while. And um, now that there's a new one in theaters, I don't know. The time feels right. Um, I had seen most of the first movie, just never like all together. It's one of those ones mm. that you see 20 minutes of it here, 20 minutes of it there, like on sure. TV or in class or whatever. Um, so seeing it all together. I mean, yeah, it's a classic. It's great. All the great moments are still absolutely great. Um, you know, I, I it's got a lot of, you know, that 70s acting where people are really quiet and reserved and then they scream a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, or like talking over each other, very naturalistic, like it's, you know, it's very similar to anything Al Pacino would have been doing at the time. Oh, he's doing he's doing a version of Pacino. For sure. Like it's 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 a no brainer to see why they were up for the same roles for a period. Um, but no, it's it's great. It's a classic. It's, you know, I love Burgess Meredith still doing the penguin, but making it work for this context. Um, yeah, it's like it's. You know, it's you know, you know where it's going. I mean, yeah, it's it's the ending was not a surprise to me at this point in my life. But um, no, but uh, fight though. Yeah, no, it's good. It's all well done. It's all very enjoyable. Man, young Carl Weathers can get it. Like, oh, yeah. Holy he's, shit. <laughs> Dude is and ripped. And there's there's some there. Uh, well, wait, you see Michael B. Jordan, but there's some there's some charisma going on there, too. You get why. Oh, he yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Like the heavyweight champion of the world and a celebrity and oh and know, he's got that his, charisma to sort of play it up as well especially the oh yeah, first he's, one he's drank his kool-aid but you also kind of get it like yeah you're yeah. you're also like can back it up like you're you're legitimately undefeated like he's not a bad guy either no well that's you know, what i find like even in the second one where like the conflict per se is driven by him coming after rocky it's it never paints him as villainous it's no, more just like they they both they have like kind of unfinished business there oh yeah there's that scene at the beginning of the movie that most people forget which is them in the hospital talking yeah i like that laying laying the groundwork which is you know we're like i i still i i do legitimately love his uh his scene where he's arguing with uh, with his wife, you know, you 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 won, but I didn't beat him. You know, you get why he's like, well, this is this is the one thing I haven't done. Like, you yeah. know, I've never lost a fight, but I didn't beat that guy. You know, we 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 at best had a draw. You know, we like you were saying, unfinished business. Like, I, if I don't we if I don't legitimately beat him, I haven't. I haven't done the thing that I do. Like, it's very interesting to watch 
that play out. Like you could have made a movie, a Creed movie in 79 about him. Yeah. And yeah. it would have worked. Not that the Stallone stuff isn't good. I, I still really do like it. We were talking off air, like how he's dealing with him doing commercials and stuff. Cause he's still, he's not superhero Rocky yet. He's still, he's still doing Pacino Rocky. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and that leads into two, which is kind of a transitional point, because it's still mostly very straightforward, but everything's just a little bit cleaner. Everything's just a, like a little bit, oh, we've got the sequel budget money now. Um, it's, it's the Stallone directing thing also. Yeah, th- there's he's definitely the, some he's that. He's the be end all here now. But there's also stuff like how they recreate like the philadelphia like run through philadelphia up the steps sequence except now there's a million children like running after him <laughs> and it not like that, it, not it plays like scene. a mel brooks gag <laughs> like yeah. it, there's just a swarm coming by Can um, I tell you my favorite thing from the two movies that like people sleep on but i really love mr gazo is like you know his boss he's fascinating because you keep right, waiting he's, for he's that a, character to like have a, a turn of like oh you know you shouldn't have gotten in with a criminal element or no, oh he's lovely. Now, now you're in his pocket it's like no he's just a nice guy like he's just give he's helping him out he doesn't ask for anything in return he's giving him career he's advice a, like, exactly like he's a he's a mobster but he's like just like a chill dude, like just like yeah, oh like, you know Rock. He, oh, so what's this? Oh well, if you thought about yeah, doing here's <laughs> here's some money. Go take Adrian out. Like he's always at the fights. Different woman every time, but he's like always at the fights. Like he is. We should all have bosses as supportive as Tony Gazzo. He actually is the setup for what I think is the best joke in the movie, which is uh, when he tells Rocky to invest in condominiums, and he says, "I yeah. never use them." Yep. <laughs> they 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 forgot about that going forward, but I do like the the periodic reminders that like he's not a bright man. Like he's a very nice no. man. He's not a bright man. Got a heart of gold. But it's like it's the funny part of like I mean, some of the, the shit they say about Adrian has not aged well, but you listen, it's it was of the well, time. I'll tell, but I'll the tell you the big that, of the time yeah. thing so far is Polly. I fucking hate Polly. Polly sucks. Well, no. I don't know why he's there. I don't know why so much of the movies focus on him. I mean, in the first one, I think it's showing that she's got this terrible life also. So they. Yeah, but like, that, necessarily- but even then, like, it's just this weird, like, there's like a whole scene where he like destroys their living room and like drunkenly screams at them about like how insecure he is about his life. Yeah. And then like two scenes later, it's just like, oh, yeah, we just made a deal off camera and like we did like a sponsorship thing and it helped him out and he's satisfied. Now I'm good and everything's just good. That, it's like, only, what? Yeah. how did that conflict just disappear? And then there's they, no they hint of it in the second one. And now he's just kind of wandering around on the periphery of the movie looking for something to do <laughs> just wait just wait oh but is there more of that i don't oh he do- he's in every movie he doesn't go away why um, why is he a well, regular like every- i will say the other characters serve a purpose well well you know about some of the the flights of fancy in the fall in the super in the superhero rockies as i call them yeah. he's involved in some of those oh god okay. um, but when you get to rocky balboa steve have you seen rocky balboa um which is that you know that's the one where six? he comes out of retirement it's it's six yeah yes yes that was actually there is good. a there is a legitimately very good scene with Burt young as paulie kind of finally reckoning with all this shit because they, they do kind of let him off easy aside very. from like he's a he's a drunk and he's meant to be a mock you know 
you're not supposed to necessarily feel too bad for him. You get to Rocky Balboa where there is a scene where you're, I don't know if meant to feel bad for him, but he, he is aware of what he's done. Put it that way. I don't know that it's going to, I don't know how much it'll register for you because you hate him so much, <laughs> but I think it'll be interesting when you get there uh, this weekend or next week, you know, next week when you get there. I'm interested to, when we talk about it next. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. But uh, right. yeah, uh, the second movie, all I'll uh, say about that too is I think on the whole, the first one is a better movie, but I will say this. I think the fight is much better in the second movie. Oh, the fight is brutal. It's it's so much more compelling and better shot and you visceral and you feel, and it feels cinematic in a way, whereas the first one felt a bit more like kind of like live TV footage, which works for that sort of it's different feels, but I think they're both effective. But the second one, I found myself a bit more engaged at the end. Sure. Um, more to come there. Now, have you heard what's happening on Sunday? Last of Us finale. I know, but we already talked about that. Oh, yeah. So, in terms of our other questions, they are are more award-centered. So, let me see if one of them will tee us up. Because we have our, like I said, predictions. Uh, Miles and Steve are pretty much locked in, I would imagine. Yep. Give or take. You know, like it's kind of going to be what's going to be. I'm preparing my, my piece for... For Friday, so you'll have to sit tight a little bit. I'll let you know where I am and where I'm. I still need to do some work, but we're closing in. Uh, Kfleet two hundred eight says some Oscar questions for you. Fire of Love has DGA and Ace. Navalny has PGA and BAFTA. Which is the stronger pair for Oscars? If you want, keep this in mind when we talk about our picks. Okay, I'm just I'm teeing up the the things in our mind. Um, they also say that since SAG added AFTRA when it comes to predicting the Oscars, is BAFTA or SAG the stronger precursor? And who would you like to see present Best Actress and Best Picture? Let's talk those second two, um, because part one we'll talk about with documentary. So um, SAG adding AFTRA, I think, doesn't necessarily change the winners. I think sometimes you get those nomination misses. You know, like uh, last time around with Kristen Stewart, because you started to hear about that weird, like, she's not popular with, like, the TikTok people and stuff like that. And some of them are right. an extra. Um, in terms of the winners, I still think the winner is the winner. And, and the three out of four thing with, with SAG is usually a safe bet. They go four out of four sometimes. They don't usually go two out of four. But in a year like this, I don't know. So I, I still – I think BAFTA has its own problems because they, they have committee-type nominations now, like with Gotham. So that's why you get these um, sometimes odder nominees and the bigger bigger snubs even than SAG. I, I, I don't think – I still think a guild is a stronger precursor because you have more voters. BAFTA certainly has Academy crossover, but it is to some degree specific, let's say. It's a certain type of voter, not in a negative way, just it's a certain type of voter. So I I, I do think a SAG is still pulling from a bigger, albeit also a specific type of pulling from a bigger core, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then presenting Best Actress, well, not Will Smith, and probably not Chris Rock. Um, I don't know. And Best Picture, 
I feel like they'll probably get like a, a like an old veteran, like a Harrison Ford or a Jeff Bridges or someone like that. Sure, that's that's sort of their game. They they never go for like the big like ooh kind of thing anymore. So it can be you know it could be literally anyone. It could be Schwarzenegger. Who knows? It could be they just like a big name. It doesn't really matter who. If you guys have any uh, any thoughts, there go for it. Um, pres- well, so we're talking presenting actress. Uh, yeah, since the since the actor winner will not be in attendance. Okay, well here here then here's an inspired choice. How about Pierce Brosnan? Because sure, he co star if Yo wins, he co-starred with her in her first big um, uh, American blockbuster. Okay. Steve, any thoughts? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I, I, listen, I'm honestly kind of the same way when it comes to the, the acting, the the presenters. Like, I, their job is to read who won, so I'm I'm not going to make a big stink either way. Yeah. I like to make the connections when I see them, but, you know, until then, a little thought. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, here's something that I think you will enjoy. Uh, we have another question, and it is asking for your personal picks on stuff. Uh, Samuel Lachlan on Instagram. Which movies do you think deserve to win the Oscar for Picture and Director in these years? 76, 80, 90, 2002, 2004, 2006, 2011, 13, and 19. Do you know why those, num- those have been picked? No. They are all years in which Martin Scorsese was nominated. Ah. So, in 76, it's also the year that Rocky won Best Picture. Oh. So, um, all together. So, these, um, so in, uh, also notably, he misses for director in 76 for Taxi Driver, Scorsese. He's up for picture. So, wait, so, are, we, are we talking picture or director here? We'll do both real quick. Okay. So, in 76... Your nominees for picture are Rocky, All the President's Men, Bound for Glory, Network, and Taxi Driver. Director, John G. Alvaldson for Rocky, Alan J. Pacula for All the President's Men, Ingmar Bergman for Face to Face, Sidney Lumet for Network, Lena Wertmuller for Seven Beauties. Miles? Uh, I would probably go uh, All the President's Men for Picture and Sidney Lumet for Director. All right. Steve? Um, I'd go with network for picture and can you repeat those directors? Avildsen for Rocky, Pacula for all the president's men, Bergman face to face, Lumet network, Wurt Mueller no, for seven beauties. It's late guys. We're doing this after midnight. Lumet. I can get, I can get behind Lumet for net for network. I might have Avildsen second for Rocky. I do think it's well directed. And this is between Rocky and taxi driver for me. I might, I might go taxi driver. No, fair enough. Yeah. Um, The next one is the uh, ordinary people year, right? Hang on. 1980. Sometimes these, I have to then look at the, uh, which year we're talking about because there's that one off thing. Yeah. All right, so the next one. Yes, Ordinary People, that is the uh, Raging Bull year. Ordinary People, 
Coal Miner's Daughter, Elephant Man, Raging Bull, Tess. Directors are Redford for Ordinary People, Lynch for Elephant Man, Scorsese for Raging Bull, Richard Rush for The Stuntman, Roman Polanski for Tess. Uh, Raging Bull for both. Yeah, I'll do the same. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, can't really, uh, can't really fault that one at all. Next up, we have the year of Goodfellas. Sure, you don't have any thoughts about that one. Um, reminder, Dancing with Wolves wins. You also have Awakenings, Ghost, Godfather Part 3, and Goodfellas. Directors are Costner, Coppola for the Godfather Part 3, Scorsese, Goodfellas, Stephen Frears, The Grifters, and uh, Barbette Schroeder for Reversal of Fortune. Uh, Goodfellas for both. It's his best film. Uh, yep, I agree. Goodfellas for director, Ghost for picture. Wow, oh. I do like Ghost. I like Ghost too, but not better than Goodfellas. I I I like Goodfellas quite a bit, but I don't go wild over it. Right. I, I I think it's aged very well. I've I've watched it. I haven't uh, sat down and watched it in a while, admittedly. Yeah, the last time I did, I was surprised how good it was. I don't. I'm not one to watch things over and over again. Okay. Um, next up, Chicago wins Best Picture. Other nominees: Gangs of New York, The Hours, Two Towers, Pianist. You got Polanski winning for The Pianist. You got Rob Marshall, Chicago, Scorsese, Gangs of New York, Stephen Daldry, The Hours, Pedro Almodovar. Talk to her. Um, I might keep it with Chicago for picture, but go Scorsese for director. Mm. Oh, I mean, we were, we were taking out Polanski no matter what, I imagine. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Chicago for both Marshall and, uh, and Chicago. I mean, Rob Marshall has become a shitty director since Chicago, but I did like his work with Chicago. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Gangs of New York and Scorsese. I like the mess that is Gangs of New York quite a bit. Oh, I'm a fan, for sure. So it's in here, but uh, excuse me. Yeah, he's, he's, having a, he's having a good time with that movie, even though it, it almost killed him and he had to deal with the, the Weinsteins. Uh, next up, Million Dollar Baby wins. Other nominees, The Aviator, Finding Neverland, Ray, Sideways. Eastwood wins for Million Dollar Baby. Scorsese's up for The Aviator, Taylor Hackford for Ray, Alexander Payne for Sideways, and Mike Lee, Vera Drake. Uh, Aviator for both. Hmm. What's this year? It's the year of Million Dollar Baby and Sideways. I feel like you're a Sideways guy. Yeah. um, I like to look at them. makes it easier for me. Okay. I mean, while you do that... I'll tell you, I'm I'm going million dollar baby for both. Unfortunately, that is unfortunate. Yeah, it's. I mean, I Eastwood was on his game there. Hasn't often happened. Yeah, that's the thing. I I did like uh, Sideways as well. I mean, Sideways and Million Dollar Baby that year. I mean, you can go um, Sideways. No one's gonna stop you. I know. No. All right, let's do it. I'll go Sideways and uh, and Payne. Yeah, we we all right. I figured we, we could interestingly split that way. All right. The year of Hugo. All right. No, wait. Hang on. Is there another one? 
Uh, no, that sounds right, because then Wolf of Wall Street would come after. What was the year? Letters from Iwo Jima was up against anything, was something? Because uh, he put Letters from Iwo Jima here. What was that year? Was there a Scorsese? Uh, Departed? Yeah, we forgot the Departed. What year? Oh, you know the one he will actually won for. Yeah, well, yeah, because I'm looking at um, I'm looking the it, the list skips over to a different year. So hang on, I gotta pull it back. One second, we'll get there. I'm reading I'm reading the list and it's uh, throwing me off. One second, here we go. Um, Departed wins. Uh, I'm gonna go Departed for. By this, to- here's my question. By this token, have we given Scorsese an Oscar? Presumably, I think we all did. Well, no. Well, we did for Goodfellas and Gangs of New York. And, I think yeah, we all first. have for at least one. Each. We've had yeah. several that. Yeah. Okay. In that case, Departed still gets my picture vote, but I'm going Paul Greengrass in 993 for director. If you wanted to go something else for picture, it was Babel, Letters Me with Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. If you want to go someone else for director besides Scorsese or Greengrass, it's uh, Inyari 2, Eastwood, and Frears. Nah, I stick with Scorsese and Departed. I'm going to go with Greengrass as well and uh, and The Departed. There we go. Yeah, I, w- I was like, why? what are we missing here? But we got there. We got there. All right. The year of Hugo. Directors were Hazen Vicious for The Artist, Alexander Payne, The Descendants, Scorsese for Hugo, Woody Allen, Midnight in Paris, Terrence Malick, The Tree of Life. Picture, The Artist, Descendants, Extremely Loud, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, The Tree of Life, and War Horse. I'm going to go a little while. I'm going to go Moneyball and Woody Allen. Uh, I'm going Hugo for both. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Hugo fan. <laughs> I figured. I, I think I remember that, but also not surprising. I'm going to go home. To sleep. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Midnight in Paris. I'm going to go with Terrence, Terrence Malick. I did think about that. What a what, a, what an interesting split. Um, all right. Quaran wins for Gravity. Other nominees, David O. Russell, American Hustle, my favorite rhyming nominee. It was just just fun to say. Not so much fun to say his name anymore, but at the time. Alexander Payne, Nebraska. Boy, he keeps popping up in years that Scorsese is here, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Steve McQueen, 12 Years a Slave, and Martin Scorsese, The Wolf of Wall Street. Your picture nominees are 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomania, and The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going her and Scorsese. Philomania. I'm also going her and Scorsese. This is a good year. Um, You can do this. You can do a sweep. No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go with. uh, Hold on. Dallas Buyers Club in Nebraska. No, I'm going to go with. Gravity. Okay. Yeah. And gravity. And I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with gravity. Yeah, I'll just right. do that. That's fine. Um, Three way filmaholic fa- face off. Um, Verbal fuck up Academy Awards. Filomania, 
dick poop, <laughs> women are talking. I mean, dick poop is eternal. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And we, the Academy oh, president. But we're just picking the snub or the, uh, the, uh, the, the mistake? Yeah, which mistake amuses you more? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, dick poop. But the women are talking just annoyed me. I'm like, I oh yeah, Miles. Me. Miles and I raged about that one. That like that guy, especially. Yeah. Like, boy, ass. did you pick the the wrong one to have do that? Not just uh, it's he, such a baffling choice. I mean, he seemed baffled too. Yeah. He also said it with somewhat of a confused sound, like women are talking. Like he, he was surprised. He he said the names of every nominee like that was the first time he'd ever heard of that movie. I mean, none sure of them was. are pure flicks, so it sure yeah. was probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, and finally, Bong Joon-ho wins for Parasite. If you want to switch, got Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Parasite wins other nominees. Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Maverick Story. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I'm happy to keep both, even though I do like Hollywood. Uh, leave everything with Parasite. Excellent. Mm-hmm. It's you know what? Because because it already has your votes, I will right. keep uh, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, and sure. I will go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I might have wanted to go... Did he produ- He produced it, right? He had to have been a producer on it. Who? Tarantino? Tarantino, yeah. Yes, yes. I, I, it's going to be weird when, when all is said and done and both of his Oscars are for screenwriting, but mm-hmm. such is such is the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. But yeah, Parasite, yeah, you know, I'm taking nothing away. Otherwise, I would have kept it if you guys didn't. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Final predictions. Here we are. Um, we're going to get the shorts out of the way quick because Steve didn't do them, understandably so, and Miles has no thoughts on them. I, I also not, didn't do them. Oh, I thought you said you did, but you had no. Oh, you were starting and you stopped. No, no, I've got everything else done. I'm just not in. I'm just not participating at the shorts because I have nothing to say about them. We can, you know what? Let's skip them. It's fine. They'll be in my final predictions. That's not what you're so, listening for. Don't, don't, don't do a fuss. You, you don't care. <laughs> what for these? No, I'm talking to the listeners. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean someone? Someone's yelling at us. S- now? Someone somewhere throwing a sulk <laughs> that we're not doing the shorts. Get over it. Someone just yeah. flipped the flip the table over. They've got fifty bucks on my year of dicks, and they want to know if they're losing that money. Son of a bitch. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's start with documentary feature because we had that that um, question about what you think is stronger. So, um, nominees. Uh, we have a house made of splinters. All that breathes. All the beauty and the bloodshed. Fire of love and Navalny. Um. I'm I'm on Navalny, and partly I think that its its pair is slightly stronger, but also when in doubt, look to timeliness, and you know Russia is still on people's minds, and I think there's something about that story. There's it, it's it's oddly sort of hovered the entire year. You know, it was the secret screening or surprise screening a year ago at Sundance. It was the movie that played like the, I think it was the first night that I was at Telluride before the screening started, where like if you, you wanted to just go into the park, they were showing a movie. So like Navalny has kept its path. And, and oftentimes the lighter thing with Fire of Love doesn't pull it off. You know, sometimes it happens, but I, I, I do think the mood definitely favors the heavier film. 
and all the beauty and the bloodshed is kind of looming as a as a potential split the vote spoiler. That's where I'm at. Miles? Um, I'm on all the beauty and the bloodshed. Um, it had a lot of the early momentum and then it's kind of faded into the background. But I know I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm just really bad with it, but um, I feel like with documentary, especially a lot of years, like you ju- you just can't read the momentum of it the way you can with other categories, like yes. like something like doing well early in the season or later in the season doesn't have the same weight as it maybe would for like the acting races, say. Um, so um, yeah, that's where I am for now. Just because I I was otherwise just too stuck between Navalny and Fire of Love. The Fire of Love is my personal choice. Fair enough. Well, none of my personal ones got in. So there we are. Uh, Steve, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm the same. Uh, that's funny. You echoed exactly what I was thinking. Is that a lot of times that documentary surprises and you know the early momentum is with uh, the beauty and the bloodshed. So. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it pops it's, pops up on uh, Oscar night. I wouldn't be surprised by any of the three. Yeah. I think All That Breathes turned out to be like a critics group film, and A House Made of Splinters just was the surprise. International feature, which uh, tees up Miles, because Miles finally saw All Quiet on the Western Front, and I think we're all in agreement it's winning international feature. I would be shocked if anything else did, considering it got like eight other nominations. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, you saw the film. I did. It's good. Um, It's like it it wouldn't have been in serious contention for my top 10, but it's it's a very well made. It absolutely deserves all of its below the line uh, nominations. Um, I think it does some really interesting. Some of its most interesting storytelling is done without dialogue. But I think it also sort of it's it's sometimes just nice to see a movie like that that like makes its sort of standpoint very abundantly unapologetically clear um i think the length and the fact that after a certain point it's pretty bleak sort of you get to the end and you do feel a little bit numb which is maybe the intention but like i mean if that's the goal then you know you got there but um it it leaves you any emotional investment you might have had feels sort of rubbed out, which is a pity because considering that there isn't a lot to the characters on the page, I think the actors are are doing some really heavy lifting. Yeah, um, yeah you know, I, th- I think it's it's uh, it's a really nice piece. It's cool to see it uh, award in this way. Um, I think it I think it will as we'll see it'll get it'll get a few other sort of technical things but um no i liked it i thought it was good yeah i uh knowing what's gonna happen if you're at all familiar with the the book or the film it, it, see this was my first exposure bit. to the story i had not read the book i had not seen any other version of it so this is my right. this is fresh for me okay so go so if you had gone in knowing what happens at the end is what happens at the end would it have been even harder at a certain point to be like, I know what they're building toward and they're just putting me through a lot? Um, Not necessarily, mainly because I think the movie kind of telegraphs that anyway. Like yeah. they, they keep really emphasizing exactly when the cutoff is. And then, you know, there's a whole bit with the farm and the guy gets shot and has nothing to do with anything. And it's like that's clearly the movie's tragic modus operandi at that point. So you're very much... By the time you get to that sequence, that's exactly what you're expecting to happen in some way or another. It's just a matter of where it comes totally. from. Totally. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's going to happen. It's going to be it's going to be winning international. Let's get to one of our uh, one of oh, our hey, first hold questions. On, hold on, oh, oh, wait, I, Steve, I, do you have a, an alternative theory here? Uh, I'm going Eom. No, uh, I just wanted to say <laughs> that fucking. I, I think I think it's something we can do after the Oscars. Maybe not the post Oscar uh, uh, podcast, but the maybe the, the week following is take the winner out of the category and yeah. then decide who would have won if if only the you know here the four because close the Quiet Girl uh, Argentina uh, next maybe five. All have their uh, their supporters. I'm yeah. sure EO does as well. But it's a very different podcast. race. It's a very no. different race. Mm-hmm. EO might have yeah. the most supporters, just not here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I liked it more than you did. a lot more. I than both couldn't forgive what it did to that document. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm yeah. Let's do that in the uh, next week of the week here. No, I, I think Re- that's a great idea. I like that a lot. Totally, it's like the, it's an offshoot of what I did with um, we did the lineup where we took out all the nominees. For nominations i do that every year um here we go original song so for the longest time seemed like hold my hand and lift me up we're gonna fight it out right and then in the last like month or so natu natu kind of took over right mm-hmm. and now you're seeing a lot of waffling you're seeing a bunch of like top gun still got a shot at this you're seeing some people predicting black panther it feels like almost a pick them now, I haven't seen anything to make me change my prediction away from RRR. The one caveat, and the one thing that I would say you might want to pay attention to, mostly in case it loses, because I imagine, Miles, you're still picking it to win, because how could you not, right? How could I not? Exactly. Um, I don't think I can I can make the change. But what I will say is, is if there is a change, it will be not because something else did better. Hear me out. It's just because it might be the of the films presumably about to win an Oscar or in the top two to win an Oscar. It's the least seen of them mm-hmm. among the nom- among the Academy, not among people necessarily, because I would argue more people watched it than, you know, than living than than, you know, than tar probably it made more money. But um, Academy wise, when you're limited to one category, that that sometimes is a bigger ask. Well, in this one category is not a category that you say, I'm going to go watch a film for the song. If it was only in another category as well, you know, for cinematography, anything, then you would say, well, maybe someone's going to sit down and, and choose to pop it in and, and watch it or die, whatever the hell you know it is. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You kind of make a... Well, so so that is true. I, I would just uh, throw out the caveat that... Um, in the case of RR Natu Natu, because Natu Natu is such an isolated part of the film in a lot of ways, you can totally get away with just pulling up the clip on YouTube and watching it, watching the scene, and you're good. Obviously, oh, yeah. as somebody who has RRR as my second favorite film of the year, I would say watch the full film. But as somebody who has also rewatched just that scene an embarrassing number of times over the course of the past year, it's very doable. All right, assuming that a voter does their work. Yes, we we know that's not always the case. I think what will ultimately also save RRR is that Black Panther and Top Gun are kind of oddly going to cancel each other out. They're both well. well that's where it stars. is for me. Is like if it doesn't go to that, I don't know what the strong number two is. Oh yeah, so that's where I think uh, it might end up just still being that. Yeah, that's score. 
score is also very close. Um, I do think it's kind of a two-horse race. It's Babylon or All Quiet on the Western Front. And statistically, I think this has been like one of the closest in terms of how the precursors have gone, uh, especially since uh, things that were not even nominated would win other places. Your TARS, I think maybe Women Talking picked up something. So I don't know yet. I'm still on Babylon at the moment, but I might make the switch to All Quiet depending on how I think their night's going to go. Um, take this for what it's worth. Some of the advertisements that ABC is running for the Oscars are using Babylon score. I noticed but, that. That maybe gives it the edge for me. And I don't know if mm-hmm. there's any logic in that thinking, but it's also like, I don't know, to me, like, okay, so now that I've seen All Quiet, has there been some controversy about this being in this category at all, considering Not there's really. like three notes of music spread out throughout the movie? No, they kind of just were down with it. Uh, okay. No, I'm just curious. It just seemed like one of those things where it's like, what score? Um yeah. No, I'm still on Babylon for now just because I can't imagine listening to sections from all of those scores and not like being the most excited about Babylon, regardless of the film. But yeah, but I think, but like John Williams hasn't won since 93. I just don't know that they go that way anymore. No, I mean, though, largely it's been Spielberg stuff when they haven't been going for Spielberg in the same way and, and franchise work where he's been three, four, five every year. Yeah. Um, Steve, what do you think? I'm going with Babylon. Okay. I can't, I'd be surprised if that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the easiest pick of the night. Best visual effects. We can just all say Avatar and move on. Avatar and move on. Avatar and move on. How do you guys feel about sound? I mean, pro sound, because we, we use it in our everyday lives and we you know like to hear and stuff. I think right now we're I, using it. So... A lot of this is this is an interesting one because I think it may be where we find out if Top Gun goes home empty handed. So actually, you you sort of teed it up perfectly there. Right now, I'm predicting Top Gun primarily because I think there is a consensus that if not here, then where? And I just don't know what. I don't. I don't know that I'm predicting it anywhere else, to be honest. So I think that's why, yeah. if for no other reason, I I'm I'm I I switched to all quiet recently. Um, I could totally see week. that being the case. Yeah. That's my that's my close sort of runner up. Yeah, and I don't know statistically, Top Gun's done much better, right? Because also all quiet came on a little late in the game, right? But I mean, I think. Yeah, it's it's still hard to figure out how sound works. It's only our third year. Um, uh, both of these films, I think, well, actually, no, I think Top Gun probably would have done pretty close to the same in editing and mixing. Whereas, like, Elvis very much would have done better in one than the other. Yeah. Just like All Quiet would have fallen into, I think, the, the war movie trope, the opposite of Elvis. Um, for those who don't know, a lot of Academy members don't understand, didn't understand editing and mixing. It's why we ended up with sound. But what would happen is a lot of times you would have a film, maybe even predicted to win editing, miss in mixing or vice versa. 
or be the front runner, but clearly not the front runner in the other category because of how the um, the sound is used in, in each category. It's one is about the effects. One the there, you can look up if you want to actually look, get into it, but you'd be doing more work than a lot of Academy members did over the years, which is why they they condensed it. So do you do you then go for what you think would have done sort of the best in both? Or do you now look at it as a new category? I think if you look at it as what would have happened if there were two, Top Gun's got a real good shot. Um, plus the whole maybe it doesn't go home empty-handed. If you just look at it as sound, I think maybe All Quiet has the edge. So I'm, I'm still deciding here. I'm, I may I may start to look around and see what everyone else is doing to see if I uh, am an outlier or not. But I, I honestly, I think there's a decent chance Top Gun goes home empty-handed, which is kind of wild. Well, it's not the only major Best Picture nominee that that could be the case with. Yeah, more than a couple. Um, so I'm I'm on All Quiet. What are you guys on? You're on fa- you're on Top Gun, Miles. I'm on Top Gun. Steve, I'm I'm going All Quiet as well. I I, I traditionally uh, or annually get one of these sound categories wrong, and since there's only one, I'm hoping that's not the case this year. Yeah, um, this is one of those categories that I will be going back and forth on. Between now and Friday. So, not final. Makeup and hairstyling. Does anyone have the whale or are we all on Elvis? I'm on Elvis right now. I'm not thrilled about it, but that's where it's happening. I'm on Elvis too. There's a late push for the whale that I'm noticing. A lot of featurettes on it. Might be too little, too late. I think it's too little too late. I think if that had been a paired candidacy, like really putting the money in, it would have been able to win. But because they didn't until late in the game, I think the people who like Elvis are strong enough to put it over the finish line. And there's just not enough. I think people are are happy to get it in as a nominee and then maybe move on. If that makes sense. Because they're kind yeah. of trafficking in the same same way, and there's there, I mean Elvis has highs and lows because it has Tom Hanks's makeup which sucks, but it also has whatever like very subtle stuff they did for Austin Butler which largely looks good. Whereas without with the whale, it's one very specific bit of makeup and hairstyling that is um, very noticeable and has the little bit of CGI helping it, and that hasn't necessarily been a hindrance, but it's not preferential balloting, you know, being, being solid down the line doesn't help as much as being noticeable. Right. In a weird way. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the whale wins and I'm, I'm tempted because I like the film better, but I'm, I'm also, um, when in doubt, going to not pick my preferred film or performance. A lot of these times I'm going to maybe go with, I can be right or I can be happy. See how that works out for me. Yeah. Oh, it never works out for any of us, but some, but you also don't want, like, if you, especially if you care about the outcome of a certain race, you don't want to be that guy who's predicting in the opposite direction. And then the person you like wins and you're like, well, shoot, I should have stuck to my guns. Well, not if it's not close. If it's, if it's close, like with best actor, for example, I mean, flip a fucking coin. Um, Film editing is another one that's kind of similar. This is, this is very much. Are you backing the best picture winner? In which case, you're probably going everything ever all at once. Or are you backing 
Top Gun not going home empty-handed, which is your other opportunity here. Um, I'm on everything everywhere. It's it's won a bunch of stuff. Um, it actually, um, I believe, has beaten Top Gun. Or no, no, they they both won at Ace Eddie. Yeah. So that's the the Top Gun. Here's the thing: everything everywhere is the best picture winner, probably. And it's also most editing. Well, that's just it. It's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Similar with the Babylon score. It's hard for me to imagine people watching everything everywhere, which they know they are. If it's the front runner for picture and uh, and seeing the editing there and not like, I mean, listen, any other year, Top Gun will be the force to be reckoned with. No question about it. But everything everywhere is just when it comes to the editing, it's on another level. And I think if it's getting that much above the line support, it's hard for me to imagine uh, editing not coming along for the ride. Yeah, Steve? Same. Everything everywhere. Seems like a lot to me. Yeah. How do you guys feel about costume design? This one, I mean, I, I appreciate costume design as well. But how do you feel about the category? Because I think we're kind of not paying a ton of attention to it. And it's just, are we defaulting to Elvis? Or is Black Panther winning after Black Panther, the first one, won the other time? And I don't, and I don't know that there's a ton to separate either, either side. Um, I think I'm on Elvis at the moment. Just when in doubt, predict the film that's going to do better. But I can go either way on this one, so I'm curious what you uh, what you guys think. Um, Black Panther would have been was my uh, runner up, but I did land on Elvis, um, just because that it, it it very much seems in line with the kind of stuff they like to they like to go for. And um, they did go for Black Panther last time they were up there. They did, they did, but the, if anything, I feel like that works against Black Panther because I, I don't agree. I don't see it repeating a lot of its wins or any, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on where you uh, where you look at your precursors, you know, and I, and I do think Elvis is one of the more important ones, even though Black Panther won more over the course of the season. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But so I think, think that's what Harris puts me on to Elvis. No, I don't. Nobody does. That's true. Enough people nominated it, though. Let's talk cinematography. Elvis, by the way. Okay. Well, here's 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 the thing. Very close race, right? Um, All Quiet on the Western Front has won a bunch of stuff. Elvis has the most recent win. Here's the thing: they never went up against each other. I don't. That's think it's that's tar. what makes it tricky. Yep. Empire of Light and Bardo were fillers. I, I this is one of the few categories where the two are going up against each other and they're largely kind of becoming the under the below the line players. I th- think I think I'm on all quiet. I am too. I, I, I think that's it's it's clearly like well loved below the line and I think um Elvis more spread I mean yeah it is between the two but I don't know something about yeah, I, I don't have a good reason. I just I feel strongly about it. What I think all say, quiet's easiest. To, it's easy to remember why all quiet's in this category. Sure. Yeah. What I what I would say about this one is I think 
without knowing what's going to happen, if it turns out that All Quiet wins, I think Warner Brothers and Elvis should have made a bigger deal about Mandy Walker potentially being the, the first woman to win. Yeah, they, I, d- I don't starting... think that's going to be enough, as much of a factor as it should be. Well, they, they, they didn't really bring it up at all. Like, we did a little bit of that, you know, pundits. But it wasn't until uh, over the weekend, right, when it when it won, that you saw, like, makes history as the first, like, then that feels like a reminder. But also was right at the end of voting. And I don't know how much of a factor it would have been, but, you know, little bits on the margin never hurt. And that Especially they might have left money when on it's the table. this tight otherwise. Yep. They might have left money on the table. So, production design. What do you guys have? Because I have Babylon, but it goes in the face of some, some statistics. Granted, it's one BAFTA, it's one ADG, like it's done enough. Um, presumably over Elvis would be my guess as the, as the second player. But production design from a non-Best Picture nominee is about a decade old of a streak. I think the last one was Gatsby. Though similar kind of like big, you know, garish type thing. Not that Elvis isn't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm on Babylon right now as well. Um, but I think All Quiet might sneak up as well. Maybe. I mean, Avatar was also seen as a sneaky, sneaky uh, candidacy. Mm-hmm. The 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 fact that there's four that you could talk about might also mean that Babylon has a better shot because there just isn't a, a secondary contingency. And if you liked Babylon at all, you probably like the the production design, just like you like the score, right? In, you know the places it wound up. So I'm, I mean, it's not winning costume, but like that was its other nomination. I, I yeah, I could be talked into either, but I think I'm sticking with the. Uh, with Babylon for now, even though it's it's very easily a film that could just get shut out. Very true. Steve, what are you? You're on Babylon also? Um, no, I'm going to go Elvis. Sure. Why not? Yeah. This, this is Steve updating in real time to try to win between the three of us yeah. this weekend. Oh, it's a close one. I better pick the other one. Uh, Steve, you want to pick something besides uh, Pinocchio, an animated feature? Uh, I do actually. Oh, go on. Oh wait, no. Uh, I didn't think so. No, there's, I don't see anything. I don't yeah, see it's it it's the it's the other easiest prediction of the night. Yeah. Although, uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish is uh, making a lot of money. It's, it's that but, is my number two, which I yeah. don't. I still don't think it'll happen, but I, I think that's either. the next choice. Number three, I have Marcel the Shallot too. I and did, but I think Puss in Boots has only gained momentum, whereas Mar- Marcel's it's kept it since last summer, but it's dwindling. Yep. Yeah, adapted. Yeah. yeah, adapted screenplay. Now this is a race that has turned a lot this year, right? So early on, when it kind of looked like we might have a somewhat weak lineup, women talking, right? Yeah, And kind of stayed women talking the whole year with a lot of the number twos pivoting, right? You had you had talk about She Said in the Whale. They both didn't end up getting nominated. Um, Glass Onion kind of sat at number two for a long time. 
ends up being the only nomination. Not super helpful, right? Top Gun's there. Nobody really assumes Top Gun's going to win adapted screenplay, right? Almost a surprise that it got in over the more literary stuff. Right. So you have women talking right there. You have living. Not super likely, but the kind of thing that every once in a while seems like it can upset. Even though I don't know that I have any good evidence. It just has that like weird feeling of like, oh, that could baby win. Yeah. Um, and then you had All Quiet on the Western Front kind of coming in at the end, right? And going from, I wonder if that's going to get into like, oh, it's definitely into like, maybe that's the alternative to maybe it's going to win. Here's the thing. All Quiet and Women Talking have not faced off the entire year. They have not had an opportunity to compete. So they're only going to have that a competition. That seems to be a, uh, a common theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, Women Talking has all of the precursor attention, largely, right? Give or take a couple of things where one was ineligible or the other one didn't get in. Right. Uh, do you go with All Quiet, kind of with its really impressive showing? Or do you go with Women Talking where it was sort of perceived as the, the fait accompli? <clears throat> fait accompli winner. Also a Best Picture nominee, but an underperformer. I'm going I, all quiet. Right. I'm I'm actually going all quiet too. I think women talking's underperforming overall elsewhere. It, it, it keeps me from being confident that they would give that kind of uh, similar to Glass Onion. If Glass Onion had shown up in other categories, I would think it was maybe more of a threat here. But I just can't see it now. If that's it, yeah, you're um, not getting any of the supporting actresses in. Though they they cancel each other out. It sure seems that way. Um, ben Wishaw missing. And Hildor missing an original score. Yeah. There seems so, to be people who like the movie, but then the rest of the people shrugged it off. I, I think what happens is the other four are so marred in like, will they, won't they, like question marks that I think All Quiet maybe like momentum alone with all its other sort of uh, nominations going on that sure, it sure. looks pretty good on, I think. It won BAFTA, right? That was its, its big Yeah, one. yeah, exactly. And and Netflix smells blood. Like they they have been, I mean, it's but, no coincidence that I just interviewed the writer right as voting was closing. Um, they're trying to close that deal. And I, I haven't seen a ton of, there, there hasn't been really anything about women talking going on. No. Which, I mean, some of that is like money, you know, difference in, in studio. But mm-hmm. I wonder if they played it a little too safe. I don't know. I, I might still change this one, but I, I kind of think it's going to be all quiet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go all quiet. Original screenplay. On This does seem, right, like it's going to be everything everywhere all at once, right? That's but where I am, yeah. Same. I have that in. But same. would anyone be surprised if Banshee's won? I would be I would a be. little at this point. I think before it seemed like a much tighter race between the two, yeah. but Banshee's has just not been showing up and everything has just been dominating. And again, being the presumed picture director, like... I don't know. I think it's just got a lot of weight and a lot of really organic momentum around it that like you just really can't discount and there's just not strong enough evidence for anything else. Banshees would get my vote for this category. Same. Well, Ban- Banshees is I, in danger of being shut out is the thing. Yeah. 
Well, we'll get to that. that. We'll get to that. They don't pay attention to that, but it is a, it is a thing worth keeping in mind. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to go everything everywhere. But if there was going to be a miss for it in one of its presumed winning spots, especially if something like picture is somehow not happening, this would be a spot to look out for. Um, let's skip it supporting actress for a second. Can't imagine why. Um, to quickly talk uh, supporting actor role on Kiwi Kwan, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's he had that one hiccup. It's, it's been a done deal for months. <laughs> yeah, that that one hiccup yeah. was just a was just that. It was a hiccup. Um, the let's do director real quick because that seems like it's the Daniels, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even know who the two is. It's probably Spielberg, but like. He never really won anything. No, it just it didn't it didn't show McDonough. up where it needed to. Yeah, McDonough could easily be. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a world in which Todd Field like it's just yeah. nobody else has done it. It's going to be interesting that I think this is the third directing duo to win yeah. the Coens, and it's uh, it's going all the way back to West Side Story. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. But there's not a ton of directing duos, especially in like prestige fair. As opposed to like the the Hughes brothers and stuff like that. Um, all right, actor and actress are super close, and we'll finish with pictures. We gotta go back to supporting actress. The closest race of the night because it is a legitimate three horse race. Holy crap! That means chaos. I uh, this is probably the one that I've struggled with the most, and I've convinced myself over the course of the past week or two at different points that any of the main three could conceivably get it. Yes. So Stephanie Sue and Hong Cho happy to be nominated. Yeah. Here's the thing. Angela Bassett's won the most things, but in terms of the big shiny objects, she won Golden Globe and Critics' Choice. Zero Oscar crossover. Carrie Condon did pretty well with critic stuff, right? And uh, had the big surprising BAFTA win. If you wanna, if you wanna hedge your bets on that, BAFTA really did like Banshees, and they didn't like everything everywhere as much as everyone else did. Um, and they, you know, have problems with people who aren't white. Well, trying. yeah, there's a there's a lot going on there uh, mm-hmm. to make me hedge my bets on any of their results. Well, also, she's kind of the hometown girl. For exactly. Time. So that was there. Were, there were, if you want to discount Carrie Condon, you have your reasons. If you don't, she won with BAFTA. BAFTA is a big deal. And she was the first to, to sort of like, if Angela Bassett loses, shows that she can be beaten. And then you had the, the, the Jamie Lee Curtis sag shock. So here's where you go. Do you go Angela Bassett? Is still gonna win. She she she's seen as due. The film did okay. She she lost a couple of times, but it's such a close race. She's gonna maintain her fans, right? Or you're gonna go Carrie Condon. She's been hovering there. She's maybe been the number two all year. When even when we didn't know who the number one was, she has her core. Banshees can't get shut out. Part two. Something's got to give, right? Or is that? Last minute win for Jamie Lee Curtis signifying what, what it, that something bigger is happening. If you want to hedge that one, she is rather well liked within SAG, right? She's an actress's mm-hmm. actress. She's very popular. She's an elder statesman in a way, mm. um, very personable, does commercials. All these yeah. little things that happen when you have AFTRA involved. On the other it's hand. Also, 
it's also a well-timed win. Exactly. So if your yeah. voting's going on. Yeah, right then. And people say, you know what? I wasn't going to vote for it. I would have considered it. But then now there's some momentum. And like, you know, I'm not throwing away my vote. It opens up a lot of people who are going to vote, who are voting for everything everywhere in picture. Yeah. And either we're like, whatever with this race, I'm going to vote for Stephanie because she's my favorite. Or it doesn't matter. Maybe now we're like, oh, I have to give Jamie Lee Curtis my vote. Well, so she was the champion of the film. So like in a way, are you rewarding her for getting the film here? Like she's as responsible as almost anyone else. She was yep. very like she was quite tireless and 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 like I'll go everywhere for this. I'll get more people to watch this movie. Um, so, um, this one's subject to change, but I currently have Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I've I've gone back and forth. I think I've sort of probably talked myself out of Bassett, even though she's my choice. Yeah, um, she's my number because, two, but she's really kind of number three, I think. Yeah, I just think she she needed at least one industry something to hold on to. Otherwise, it's all critical stuff, essentially. Um, Curtis, I think for everything you just said, and also just as general part of the film sweeping, which is something that we really haven't seen in quite a few years on, on the scale that it looks mm-hmm. like it may very potentially do it may be what's holding us up on some of these too well exactly just at a certain point it's it's gone from will it win to how much will it win and you know there's i mean it's crazy i'm there's there's scenarios where we're talking seven or six or seven even eight wins i mean who, who's to say yeah. um but anyway back to supporting actress right now i'm on carrie condon and i think the mm-hmm. reason well. being is that you the veteran argument kind of works for both curtis and bassett curtis obviously has the bigger film and the recent sag win but that said i think maybe anyone who would have been supporting bassett maybe feels a renewed urgency and within all that you've also got the fact that for whatever reason condon did win the bafta and that's a sturdy enough thing where you know she can show up as on enough people's number twos that like she sneaks in because people can't decide which elder stateswoman to go with. Sure. <clears throat> Steve? I'm going Jamie Lee Curtis. Hmm. Okay. We'll see. Best actress. Now, statistically, Kate Blanchett looks very good for this, right? She won the lion's share of awards. She, uh, she has won head-to-head with Michelle Yao, whereas a lot of these other categories, you haven't seen that in the same way. But, you know, is she is she a hometown favorite to some degree with BAFTA? Eh. But you know what? She went up against someone who um, perhaps has a mark against them, unfortunately, when it comes to BAFTA. Mm-hmm. Um, Critics' Choice doesn't have Academy Crossover, even though that's my group. Um, Golden Globes don't really matter. Michelle Yao wins the last one, right? She wins SAG. She has some degree momentum. It's really damn close. It's really close, and I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, um, I right now have Michelle, but I have to think about it more. And by that I mean Michelle Williams. I'm kidding. Michelle <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very much a Michelle Yeoh, and I'm sticking with her. I think. 
more so potentially than anything or anyone else, she benefits the most from the timing of the SAG win and just the historical significance of that and being the face of the film that is otherwise, you know, the favorite for so many above the line categories. I think it, outside of that context, just looking at the numbers, Blanchett would have the advantage. But I really think you can't underestimate just the real passion that's uh, going into the enthusiasm for everything everywhere. And I think that um, that could maybe push her over the finish line. Steve? I agree with that. And she's had some uh, some nice accept- acceptance speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't hurt. So I'm going to go and with... Keep- Kate Blanchett's acceptance speech was vote for Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. She's she's not exactly pushing for it the same way. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. Let's go with Yeoh. Um, coin flip pick'em part two. Best actor. Um, Colin Farrell has has that Globe win, but I don't think that's a huge factor. Entering into your um, Banshee's potential shutout. All right. Brendan Fraser has Critics' Choice. Doesn't matter. Has SAG. Does matter. Right? Austin Butler has Golden Globe. Doesn't matter. Has BAFTA. Does matter. Right? So they have the he's two to one up against Fraser. Right? They've gone up against each other. Elvis is uh, is nominated for picture. The whale isn't. The whale has a second has a coattail acting nomination. Elvis doesn't. This is really close. It's really close. I This is what I think is the example I was talking about earlier when I, I think I'm going to predict Austin Butler, even though I really want Brendan Fraser, because I'm going to, if at least if I'm wrong, I'm happy. Because it's just how you value the stats at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same thing. I, I would prefer Fraser. I prefer Farrell, if we're being honest, but that ship seems to have sailed. Even for um, anyone, because you didn't watch Elvis. Well, I didn't watch Elvis. But, like, I think, yeah, I just think, you know, the, both the films have their pros and cons, but the, just the nominations bear out that overall there's just that much more enthusiasm for Elvis as a whole. I think he's the kind of performance that, like, best actor seems to be tailor-made for, especially the past decade. Um, and I think, you know, we all put so much emphasis and value on the comeback narrative and every now and then you get a Kihi Kwan who really pulls it off and rides it to the finish line. But the thing we neglect to take talk about a lot with the comeback narratives is that they frequently result in nominations, not so much in wins. And I think yes. that's, I think Fraser, I think SAG was sort of his final destination. If he didn't win SAG, that would have been, it would have prevented him from winning. Oh, yeah. At that point, it would be clear cut, as is. I think it is still very close between them. And I would definitely not rule out an emotional contingent sort of pushing him. But um, based on based on the history, that would have definitely given him an extra ammunition. But I think just based on the history of the Academy and if Banshee, if this isn't the category where Banshees has any capacity to stake its claim, then I think I have to go Butler. Hmm. See? I'm sticking with Fraser. Okay. It's going to be funny when Steve beats us. Yeah, I know. And and neither of us are happy about having chosen Butler in the first place. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, that's what happened with me and SAG. I switched to Butler and Fraser immediately won. So if 
if I do that, which I, I did so far, and Fraser wins Oscar, I have I have some power. I have some dangerous power to make myself unhappy. I do um, pretty well every year. All right. Yeah, yeah. You come I think within one of me, are we tied? I think I've uh, I think I've won both years. Yeah. But I think, I think it's been did. very close. And this year could yeah. be anything. Oof. Um best picture. We're on everything everywhere? Yeah. Uh, um, have you did either of you do the ranking of your ten? Uh, um, I can real quick. So here's what I want you to do. Let's tell me your your ranking prediction wise. Uh, prediction wise, if you want. Well, actually, you know what? Since uh, since it's late, don't worry about that. Because tell me who you think the alternative is. If you got a two or a three, and. Tell me your preference order when you when we when we say where you can be followed. Since I think Miles, you even did that already, so you can just pull that back up. Um, but my uh, here's my thing. I have number three is Top Gun, and my number two is All Quiet. Oh Fableman's wow! Fableman's down at four. Banshees at five. Tar at six. Elvis at seven. Triangle eight. Uh, Avatar nine. Women talking ten. That's just my predictions. Miles, what do you have at number two? If there's an upset. If there's an upset, I think I do actually go back to Banshees. Because I think sure. th- there's the nominations, there's the above the line nominations there that I think would maybe give it edge over All Quiet otherwise. Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah it's between those two, but I, I think it's got to be Banshees. I think, I, you know, also Are you I predicting Banshees? Is not is my oh. yeah well, my backup. But, okay, okay, I was just double checking. No, no, yeah, all quiet. I think has a lot of support uh, elsewhere, but I think you know Banshees will have more acting support. You know, you're gonna have mm. just just yeah, yeah. So Banshees. Okay. Above the um, any final yeah. thoughts about where we stand? Um, well, uh, voting closed today, so any yep. thing that was ever going to happen has happened, and it's it's going to be, I mean, you know, we're, we're just a few days away at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think it's so fucking cool that this, you know, crazy, quirky, low-budget, you know, intergenerational sci-fi extravaganza went from, like, this quiet little underdog that came out last March and was like, well, you know, if uh, if it really, you know, if we talk about it and if it comes up in the critics things, maybe it could snag a screenplay nomination. And now we're here and it's like the fucking juggernaut, like everything else, like Spielberg's new movie is over here, yeah. like looking to go home empty handed. Like it's 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 just wild to me that uh, how the season can evolve in that way and how. Oh, yeah. What you would never expect to be the front runner is now like the uncontested front runner. If you go back to the game, our Oscar prediction game, um, I picked it, so I'm not surprised about it. I think we did. We talked about that off air, right? Yes. Oh yeah, off air we checked in at where we where we are. We didn't calculate, but we looked, and um, Steve definitely had the lead in uh, in picture. It seemed like, Um, but our acting ones were a little bit different. It's gonna be interesting. We're gonna see. uh, Yeah. Um, next episode of the episode after we're going to figure out how we're going to calculate it and we'll tell you who won. Um, yeah, it's wild that Fableman's is almost certain to go home empty handed. Um, 
you know, go back to a year ago when I started to tell you about how um, how everything everywhere could could win, right? And what it would take to be a contender, and it did every single thing. And you know, it came out on uh, March 11th, and on March 12th, it's probably going to win Best Picture. Incredible. So there you go. Uh, let's wrap up. Say where you can be followed and rank the ten films nominated for Best Picture. Um, Miles, you haven't seen two of them, right? Uh, the only one I haven't seen now is Elvis. Okay, you're just down to Elvis. So Elvis is his number 10 by virtue yeah. of. It also probably would have been his number 10. It probably would have been either way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go for it. Uh, well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Uh, ranking. So this is going from top to bottom. Uh, so my number one is obviously Everything Everywhere. Uh, number two would be Top Gun. Number three would be Banshees. Number four would be Fablemans. Three would be... There's a big gap between the next one. Yeah, there's always a gap. Yeah. Uh, Avatar. Okay. Um, what number was that? Four. Four? Is that four? No, that was five. Go back, go back, go back. So start from the beginning. Oh, okay. So everything everywhere everything at one, everywhere. Top Gun at two, Banshees at three, Fableman's at four. Avatar five. Avatar is five. Okay. All Quiet is six. Women Talking is seven. Um, Tar. Tar is eight. Triangle nine. And Triangle is nine. Yes. Okay. Steve, say, say your piece and rank you ten. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Filmstork, and uh, go listen to the verse at the Versecast on uh, Twitter and do a bunch of stuff there too. Um, and my ranking, I will try to do this as well as I can with my head. Um, it will go with Banshees, Everything mm-hmm. Everywhere, Tar. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to. And then there's that gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Fableman's four, Top Gun five, Elvis All Quiet Six. seven. Oh no, Oops, no, I'm sorry. Let's take Triangle to seven. Okay. All Quiet to eight, and uh, I missed something. Women Talking nine, mm-hmm. and Avatar ten. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Joey Maggotson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Awards Radar is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, let's do this. Fableman's 1. Top Gun 2. Everything Everywhere All at Once 3. Women Talking 4. Avatar 5. Banshee 6. Tar 7. All Quiet 8, Death, Elvis Triangle, Triangle Elvis. I don't know. They both suck. Hey. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Elements of both suck. How about that? There we go. Did not care for either. Um, All right. When we return, the Oscars will have happened. The Academy Awards will be in the books. Presumably no one will have struck another person. 
Presumably all the categories will be given out live. We're not asking for that much. You know, um, just little just little basic things. I, I My standards are so low. Um, hopefully they're met or maybe even exceeded. And uh, eventually we'll start talking about what the next wave will be. And uh, it'll be harder than ever because clearly they're open to things they didn't used to be. And that's a good thing. Take that for what it's worth. And... Uh, Keep in mind that whatever will be, will be. So as much as people are going to pull their hair out over the next couple of days, um, don't. Honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that I, I do prediction pieces on Friday, I would have finalized these already and just stopped thinking about them. It's healthier. Like, there's nothing that you can do. You can talk to all the Academy members you want. They already voted. Their ballots are due. So it's just a, it's just a matter of waiting. So we're going to wait. Like, honestly, as ballots closed, I was watching Scream 6. As opposed to like marking the moment by being like, now nothing matters because it you can't you can't control it. Whatever will be will be. By the way, I real I did like Scream Six. Miles is not your franchise, I know. Well, I'm very happy for you all the same. Yeah. Did you hear that? Apparently, in the uh, the Chris Rock special, he said that his his song movie sucked. No, that's uh, not true. That's somebody creating a false like subtitle. Oh, thank God! Because I, I, what was the thing where it's like I, I made a song movie and it was terrible? Was yeah, like, it, it was. Oh, it was, was literally that. just Photoshop. Did he just never, never mentioned it? Yeah, no, it's 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 a non-story. It's just somebody photoshopped a fake image from it, and somebody yeah, yeah, else yeah. thought it was real. So it wasn't in his. Uh, it was. It, it, it was like never anything. Oh, I wish he had like a whole segment in his act about like I made a song. Like I want to hear about it. I think it's one but of I those guess... things where it wasn't a big enough flop to make fun of but it wasn't a big enough hit to like celebrate so it's just kind of like it came out in the pandemic how, how you know there's no guarantee so, that anyone saw so it was kind of like it was kind of like his hobby that he got to do that he just doesn't feel like telling anyone about beyond i did it yeah yeah well, i guess he's not going to be in the sultan <laughs> um, i'm assuming not no we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk sultan so i saw legacy whatever they're gonna call it so um, they got it <laughs> probably not but you never know stupid, stupid. you never know uh, um, very, very, uh, very. Yeah. all right let's let's call it quits we will be back we're going to record probably the tuesday after the oscars so look for a normal thursday show we i don't think we can make uh an extra bonus episode happen we uh my birthday is the day after miles has a oscar party steve is uh coaching youths uh to a championship hopefully uh, hopefully yeah uh-huh. what the fuck are you doing over here fingers crossed have you not watched enough sports movies i i know how it ends yeah but... that's true was that simpsons line what did i take you to all those police academy movies for for fun <laughs> well i didn't hear anyone laughing <laughs> all right we will see you at the movies on the other side of the academy awards Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.